Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 7. Yes, Chapter 7. Everybody hates me but the horse. The least the oracle could have done was walk back to the attic by itself. Instead, Grover and I were elected to carry her. I didn't figure that was because we were... We were the most popular. Watch your head, Grover warned as we went up the stairs, but it was too late. Bonk! I whacked the mummified face against the trapdoor trap frame and dust flew. Aw, oh, man. I set it down and checked for damage. Did I break anything? I can't tell, Grover admitted. We hauled her up and set her on her tripod stool, both of us huffing and sweating. Who knew a mummy could weigh so much? I assumed she, she wouldn't talk to me, and I was right. I was relieved when we finally got out of there and slammed the attic door shut. Well, Grover said, that was gross. I knew he was trying to keep things light for my sake, but I really still felt really down. The whole camp would be mad at me for losing the game to the hunters, and then there, were, there was the new prophecy from the Oracle. It was like the spirit of Deffy had gone out of her way to exclude me. She'd ignored my question and walked half a mile to talk to, to Zoe. And she'd said nothing, not even a hint about Annabeth. What will Chiron do? I asked Grover. I wish I knew, he said wistfully. Out of the second floor at the rolling hills covering, covered in snow. I want to be out there. Searching for Annabeth? He had a little trouble focusing on me. Then he blushed. Oh, right, that too, of course. Why? What I asked. What were you thinking? He dropped his hooves uneasily. Something the manticore said about the great stirring? I can't help with, but wonder. If those ancient powers are waking up. Maybe. Maybe not all of them are evil? You mean Pan? I felt kind of selfish because I totally forgot about Grover's ambition. The nature god had gone missing, but the satyrs didn't believe that. They were determined to find him. They'd been searching in vain for centuries, and Grover was convinced he'd be the one to succeed. This year, with Chiron putting all the satyrs on emergency duty to find half-bloods, Grover hadn't been able to continue his search. It must have been driving him nuts. I've let the trail go cold, he said. I feel restless, like I'm missing something really important. He's out there somewhere. I can just feel it. I don't know. I didn't know what to say. I wanted to encourage him, but I didn't know how. My optimism was pretty much trampled in the snow out there in the woods, along with our capture the flag hopes. Before I could respond, Thalia tromped up the stairs. She was officially not talking to me now, but she looked at Grover and said, Tell Percy to get his butt downstairs. Why? I asked. Did he say something? Thalia asked Grover. Um, he asked why? Dionysus is, is calling a council of cabin leaders to discuss the prophecy, she said. Unfortunately, that includes Percy. The council was held around a ping-pong table in the wreck, in the wreck room. Dionysus waved his hand and supplied snacks, cheese whiz, crackers, and several bottles of wine. And Chiron reminded him that wine was against his restrictions, and most of us were underage. Mr. D sighed, with a snap of his finger as the wine turned to Diet Coke. Nobody drank that either. Mr. D and Chiron, in wheelchair form, 
sat at one end of the table. Zoe and Bianca D'Angelo, whom had kind of become Zoe's personal assistant, took the other end. Thalia and Grover and I sat along the right, with the other head counselors, Beckendorf, Selena, Bordegard, and the Stoll brothers, sat on the left. The Aries kids were supposed to send a representative too, but all of them had got broken limbs, accidentally, during Capture the Flag. Cortes courtesy of the hunters. They were resting up in they were resting up in the infirm infirmary. Zoe Zoe started the meeting off with a on a positive note. This is point pointless. Cheese whiz Cheese whiz Grover gasped. He began scooping up crackers and ping pong balls and spraying them with topping. There's no time for talk, Zoe continued. Our goddess needs us. The hunters must leave immediately. And go where? Catherine asked. West, Bianca said. I was amazed at how different she looked after just a few days with the hunters. Her dark hair was braided like Zoe's now, so you could actually see her face. She had a splash of freckles across her nose, and her dark eyes vaguely reminded me of someone famous, but I couldn't think of who. She looked like she'd been worrying, working out, and her skin glowed faintly. Like the other hunters, as if she'd been taking showers in liquid moonlight. You heard the prophecy. Five shall go west to the goddess in chains. We can get five hunters and go. Yes, Zoe agreed. Artemis is being held hostage. We must find her and free her. You're missing something, as usual, Thalia said. Campers and hunters combined prevail. We're supposed to do this together. No, Zoe said. The hunters do not need thy help. Your, Thalia grumbled. Nobody said die in like three hundred years. Zoe, get with the times. Zoe hesitated, but she was trying to form the word correctly. Yer, we do not need yer help. Thalia rolled her eyes. Forget it. I feel the prophecy. I fear the prophecy says you do need our help. Kara said, "Campers and hunters must cooperate." Or do they? Mr. Dean mused, swirling his diet coke under his nose like he had a fine bouquet. One shall be lost, one shall perish. That sounds rather nasty, doesn't it? What if you fail because you try to cooperate? Mr. D, Kyra sighed, with all due respect, whose side are you on? Dionysus raised his eyebrow. Sorry, my dear centaur, just trying to be helpful. We're supposed to work together, Thalia said stubbornly. I don't like it either, Zoe, but you know prophecies. You want to fight against one? Fight against one? Zoe grimaced, but I could tell Thalia had scored a point. We must not delay, Kyron Ward. Today is Sunday. This very Friday, December 21st, is the winter solstice. Oh, joy, and Dionysus muttered. Another dull annual meeting. Artemis must be pre present at the solstice, Zoe said. She has been one of the most vocal on the council arguing for action against Kronos's minions. If she is absent, the, go the gods will decide nothing. We will lose another year of war prepara preparations. Are you suggesting that the gods have trouble acting ca together, young lady? Dionysus asked. Yes, Lord Dionysus. Mr. D nodded. Just checking. You're right, of course. Carry on. I must agree with Zoe, Karen said. Artemis's presence at the winter solstice is critical. We only have a week to find her, and possibly even more important, to locate the monster she was hunting. 
Now, we must decide who goes on this quest. Three and two, I said. Everybody looked at me, even Thaya forgot to ignore me. We're supposed to have five, I said, feeling self-conscious. Three hunters do from Camp Half-Blood. That's more than fair. Thaya and Zoe exchanged looks. Well, I said, it does make sense. Zoe, Zoe grunted. I would prefer to take all the hunters. We need strength of numbers. You'll be retracing the goddess's path, Kai reminded her. Moving quickly, no doubt Artemis tracked the scent of this rare monster. Whatever it is, as she moved west. You will have to do the same. The prophecy was clear. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. What would your mistress say? To me, hunter, spoil the hunt. The scent. A small group is best. Zoya picked up a ping pong paddle and studied it like she was going to, like she wanted, like she was deciding who she wanted to whack first. This monster, the bane of Olympus. I've hunted at Lady Artemis' side for many years, and yet I have no idea what this beast might be. Everybody looked at Dionysus, I guess because he was the only god present, and gods are supposed to know things. He was flipping through a wine magazine, but then everyone got silently glanced up. Don't look at me, I'm a young god, remember? I don't keep track of those those ancient monsters and dusty titans. They make for a terrible party conversation. Chiron, I said, you don't have any ideas. Do you have any ideas about the monster? Karen pursed his lips. I have several ideas, none of them good, and none of them quite make sense. Typhon, for instance, would fit this description. He was truly a bane for Olympus, or the sea monster Ketos. But if either of these were stirring, we would know it. They are ocean monsters the size of skyscrapers. Your father, Poseidon, would already have sounded the alarm. I fear, I fear this monster is more elusive, perhaps even more powerful. Like the, like, that's um serious danger you're facing, Connor Stoll said. I like that we said you and not we. It sounds like at least two of the five are going to die. One shall be lost in land without rain, Beckendorf said. If I were you, I'd stay out of the desert. There was a muttering of agreement. And the titans cursed must one withstand, Selina said. What could that mean? I saw Chiron and Zoe exchange a nervous look, but whatever she was think they were thinking, they didn't answer it. One shall perish by a parent's hand, Grover said in between bites of cheese whiz and ping pong balls. How's that possible? Whose parents would kill them? The there was a heavy silence around the table. I glanced at Thalia, and I wondered if she was thinking the same thing. I, years ago, Chiron had had a prophecy about the next child of the Big Three, Zeus, Poseidon, or Hades, who turned 16. Supposedly, that kid would make a decision that would save or destroy the gods forever. Because of that, the Big Three had taken an oath after World War II not to have any more kids. But Thalia and I had been born anyway, and now we're both getting close to 16. I remembered a conversation I'd had last year with Annabeth. As I'd asked if there was, if I was so potentially dangerous, why didn't the god just kill me? Some of the gods would like to kill you, she'd said, but they're afraid of offending Poseidon. Could an Olympian parent turn against his half-blood child? Would it sometimes be easier just to let them die? If there were ever any half-bloods who needed to worry about that, it was me and Thalia. I wondered if I should have sent Poseidon that sheet seashell pattern tie for Father's Day after all. 
There will be deaths, Karen decided. That much we know. Oh, goody, Dionysus said. Everyone looked at him. He glanced up in innocently from the pages of a wine consigneur magazine. Oh, Pinot Noir is, a is a making a comeback. Don't mind me. Percy is right, Selina said. Two campers should go. Oh, I see, Zoe said sarcastically. And I suppose you wish to volunteer? Selina blushed. I'm not going anywhere with the hunters. Don't look at me. The daughter of Aphrodite who does not wish to be looked at. Zoe scoffled. What would thy mother say? Selina started to get out her out of her chair, but the Stoll brothers pulled her back. Stop it, Beckendorf said. He was a big guy with a bigger voice. He didn't talk much, but when he did, people tended to listen. Let's start with the hunters. Which three of go are going with well which three of you will go? Zoe stood. I shall go, of course, and I will take Phoebe. She is our best tracker. The big girl who likes to pe hit people on the head? Travis Stoll asked cautiously. Zoe nodded. Wanna put the arrows in my helmet? Connor added. Yes, Zoe snapped. Why? Oh, nothing, Travis said. Just, we have a t-shirt for her from the cabin store. He held up a big silvery t-shirt that said, Artemis the Moon Goddess, hunting toward 20 2002. It's a collector's item. She was admiring it. You want to give it to her? I knew the Stoll brothers were up to something. They always were, but I guess Zoe didn't know them as well as I did. She just sighed and took the t-shirt. As I was saying, I'll take Phoebe, and I wish Bianca to go. Bianca looked stunned. Me? But I'm so new, I wouldn't be any good. You will do fine, Zoe insisted. There is no better way to prove thyself. Bianca closed her mouth. I felt kind of sorry for her. I remembered my first quest when I was twelve. I had felt totally unprepared. A little honored, maybe, but a lot was but a lot resentful and plenty scared. I figured the same things were running around in Bianca's head right now. And for campers? Kyron asked. His eyes met mine, but I couldn't tell what he was thinking. Me! Grover stood up so fast he bumped the ping-pong table. He brushed cracker crumbs and ping-pong bowl scraps off his lap. Anything to help Artemis? Zoe wrinkled her nose. I think not, Seder. You are not even a half-blood. But he is a camper, Thalia said, and he's got a satyr's sense in woodland man magic. Can you play Tracker's song yet, Grover? Absolutely, Growy. Zoe wavered. I didn't know what a Tracker's song was, but apparently Zoe thought it was a good thing. Very well, Zoe said. And the second camper? I'll go, Thalia stood and looked around, daring anyone to question her. Now, maybe my math skills weren't the best, but it suddenly occurred to me that we'd reached the number five, and I wasn't in the group. Whoa, wait a second, I said. I want to go too. Thalia said nothing. Karen was still studying me, his eyes very sad. Oh, Grover said, suddenly aware of the problem. Whoa, yeah, I forgot. Percy has to go. I didn't mean I'll stay. Percy, Percy should go in my place. He cannot, Zoe said. He's a boy. I won't have hunters traveling with a boy. You traveled with me, here, I reminded her. That was a short-term emer emergency, and it was ordered by the goddess. I will not go cross-country and fight many dangers in the company of a boy. What about Grover? I demanded. Zoe shook her head. 
He does not count. He's a satyr. He's not technically a boy. Hey, Grover protested. I have to go, I said. I need to be on this quest. Why? Zoe asked. Because of thy friend Annabeth? I felt myself blushing. I hated that everyone was looking at me. No, I mean partly. I just feel like I'm supposed to go. Nobody stood to my defense. Mr. D looked bored, still reading his magazine. Selina and the Stoll brothers Beckendorf were staring at the table. Bianca gave me a look of pity. No, Zoe said flatly. I insist upon this. I'll take a satyr if I must, but not a male hero. Chiron sighed. Quest is for Artemis. The hunters should be allowed to approve of their companions. My ears were ringing as I sat down. I knew Grover and some of the others were looking at me sympathetically, but I couldn't meet their eyes. I just sat there as Chiron concluded the council. So be it, he said. Thalia and Grover will accompany Zoe, Bianca, and Phoebe. You shall leave at first light, and may the gods, he glanced Dionysus, present company included, we hope be with you. I didn't show up for dinner that night, which was a mistake, because Chiron and Grover came looking for me. Percy, I'm so sorry, Grover said, sitting next to me on the bunk. I didn't know they'd that you'd... Honest! He started to sniffle, and I figured I didn't cheer him up. If I didn't cheer him up, he'd either start bawling or, bawling or chewing on my mattress. He tends to eat intimate objects whenever he gets upset. It's okay, I lied. Really, it's fine. Grover's lower lip trembled. I wasn't even thinking. I was so focused on helping Ar- Artemis. But I promise, I'll look everywhere for Annabeth. If I can find her, I will. I nodded and tried to ignore the big crater that was opening in my chest. Grover? Karen said. Perhaps you'd let me have a word with Percy? Sure. He sniffled. Karen waited. Oh, Grover said. You mean alone? Sure, sure, Karen. He looked at me miserably. See? Nobody needs a goat. He trotted out the door, blowing his nose on his sleeve. Karen sighed and bent his horse legs. Percy, I don't present pretend to understand prophecies. Yeah, I said. Well, maybe that's because they don't make sen- any sense. Karen gazed at the saltwater spring gurgling in the corner of the room. Dolly would not have been my first choice on this quest. She's too impetuous. She acts without thinking. She's too sure of herself. Would you have chosen me? Frankly, no, he said. You and Dolly are much alike. Thanks a lot, he smiled. The difference is that you are less sure of yourself than Thalia. That could be good or bad. But one thing I can say, both of you together would be a dangerous thing. We could handle it. The way you handled the, it at the creek tonight? I didn't answer. I didn't answer. He'd nail me. Perhaps it's for the best, Kyron mused. We can go home to your, you can go home to your mother for the holidays. We need to, we can call. Yeah, I said, maybe. I pulled Riptide out of my pocket, and I'd set it on my nightstand. I didn't seem to be using it for anything but writing Christmas cards. When he saw the pen, Kyron grimished. It's no wonder Zoe doesn't want you along, I suppose. Not while you're carrying that particular weapon. I didn't understand what he meant. Then I remembered something he told me long ago when he first gave me the magic sword. It has a long and tragic history, which we need not go into. 
I wanted to ask him about that, but then he pulled a golden drachma from his saddlebag and tossed it to me. Call your mother, Percy. Let her know you're coming home in the morning. And, uh, for what it's worth, I almost volunteered for this quest myself. I would have gone if not for the last one. One shall perish by parent's hand, yeah. I didn't need to ask. I knew Chiron's dad was Kronos, the evil, evil titan lord himself. The line would make perfect sense if Chiron went on the quest. Kronos didn't care for anyone, including his own children. Chiron, I said, you know what this titan's curse is, don't you? His face darkened. He made a claw over his heart and pushed outwards. An ancient sign for warding off evil. Let us hope the pro prophecy does not mean what I think. Now good night, Percy, and your time will come. I'm convinced of that. There's no need to rush. He said your time the way people did when they meant your death. I didn't know if Chiron meant it that way, but then he looked but the look in his eyes made me scared to ask. I stood at the saltwater spring, rubbing Chiron's corn in my hand, and trying to figure out what to say to my mom. I wasn't really in the mood to have one more doll tell me that doing the right thing that doing nothing was the greatest thing I could do, but I figured my mom deserved an update. Finally, I took a deep breath and threw the coin. Oh, goddess, accept my offering. The mist shimmered. The light from the bathroom was just enough to make a faint rainbow. Show me Sally Jackson, I said, Upper East Side, Manhattan. And there in the mist was a scene I did not expect. My mom was sitting at her kitchen table with someone. Some guy? They were laughing hysterically. There was a big stack of textbooks between them. The man was, I don't know, 30-something with long, longish salt and pepper hair and a brown jacket over a black t-shirt. He looked like an actor, like a guy who might play an undercover cop on television. I was too stunned to say anything, and fortunately, my mom and the guy were busy laugh, too, no, too busy laughing to notice my message. The guy said, Sally, you're a riot. You want some more wine? I shouldn't. You go have it if you want. Ashley, I'd better use your bathroom. May I? Down the hall, she said, trying not to laugh. The actor dude smiled and got up and laughed. Mom, I said. She jumped so hard she almost knocked her textbooks off the table. Finally, she focused on me. Percy, oh honey, is everything okay? What are you doing? I demanded. She blinked. Homework? Then she seemed to understand the look on my face. Well, honey, that's just Paul, um, Mr. Blowfish. He's in my writing seminar. Mr. Blowfish? Blowfish. He'll be back in a minute, Percy. Uh, tell me what's wrong. She knew something was wrong. I told her about Annabeth, the, old, the other stuff too. But mostly it boiled down to Annabeth. My mother's eyes teared up. I could tell she was trying hard to keep it together for my sake. Oh, Percy... Yeah, so they tell me there's nothing I can do. I guess I will be coming home. She turned the pencil around on her fingers. Percy, as much as I want you to come home, she sighed like she was mad at herself. As much as I want you to be safe, I want you to understand something. You need to do whatever you think you have to. I stared at her. What do you mean? I mean, do you really, deep down, believe that you have to help to save her? Do you think it's the right thing to do? Because I know that one, I know one thing about you, Percy. Your heart is always in the right place. Listen to it. Your, 
You're telling me to go? My mother's pursed her lips. I'm telling you that you're getting too old for me to tell you what to do. I'm telling you that I'll support you, even though, even if you, what you decide is dangerous. I can't believe I'm saying this. Mom? The toilet flushed down in the hall in our apartment. I don't have much time, my mom said. Percy, whatever you decide, I love you, and I know you'll do what's best for Annabeth. How can you be sure? Because she'd do the same for you. And with that, my mother waved her hand over the mist and the connection dissolved, leaving me with one final image of her new friend, Mr. Blowfish, smiling down at her. I don't remember falling asleep, but I remembered the dream. I was back in the bar that barren cabin, the ceiling heavy and low above me. Annabeth was kneeling under the weight of a dark mass like a pile of boulders. She was too tired to even cry out. Her legs trembled. Any second, I knew she would run out of strength, and the cavern ceiling would collapse on top of her. How's her mortal guest doing? A male voice boomed. It wasn't Kronos. Kronos's voice was raspy and metallic, like a knife scraping across stone. I'd heard it taunting me many times in my dreams. This voice was deeper and lower, like a bass guitar, like a bass guitar. Its voice made the ground vibrate. Luke emerged from the shadows. He ran to Annabeth, knelt beside her, then looked at the unseen man. She's fading. We must hurry. The hypocrite. Like he really cared what happened to her. The deep voice chuckled. It belonged to someone in the shadows at the edge of my dream. Then a meaty hand thrust someone forward into the light. Artemis, her hands and feet bound in celestial bronze chains. I gasped. Her silvery dress was torn and tattered. Her face and arms were cut in several places. She was bleeding Iker, the golden... Ikor. Iker, the golden blood of the gods. You heard the boy, said the man in the, in the shadows. Decide! Artemis's eyes flashed with anger. I didn't know why she didn't just roll the chains to burst or make herself disappear, but she didn't seem to be able to. Maybe the chains prevented her, or some magic about this dark, horrible place. The goddess looked at Annabeth and her expression changed to concern and outrage. How dare you torture a maiden like this? She will die soon, Luke said. You can save her. Annabeth made a weak sound of protest. My heart felt like it was be being twisted into a knot. I wanted to run to her, but I knew I couldn't. Free my hands, Artemis said. Luke brought out his sword, a backbiter. With one expert strike, he broke the goddess's handcuffs. Artemis ran to Annabeth and took the burden from her shoulders. Annabeth collapsed on the ground and lay there shivering. Artemis staggered, trying to support the weight of the black rocks. The man in the shadows chuckled. You're pr as predictable as you were easy to beat, Artemis. You surprised me, the goddess said, straining under her burden. It will not happen again. Indeed it will not, the man said. Now you're out of the way for good. I know you could not resist helping a young maiden. That is, after all, your spe speciality, specialty, my dear. Artemis groaned. You know nothing of mercy, you swine. On that, the man said, we can agree. Luke, you may kill the girl now. No, Artemis shouted. Luke hesitated. She, she may be useful yet, sir. 
further bathe. Bah! You, pr you truly believe that? Yes, General. They will come for her, I'm sure. The man considered. Then the Drakne can guard her here. Assuming she does not die from her injuries, you may keep her alive until winter solstice. After that, if our sacrifice goes as planned, her life will be meaningless. The lives of all mortals will be meaningless. Luke gathered up Annabeth's life list listless body and carried her away from the goddess. You will never find the monster you seek, Artemis sail. Artemis said, You will fail. How little you know, my young goddess, the man in the shadow said. Even now your darling attendants begin their quest to find you. Then they shall pay directly into my hands. They shall play directly into my hands. Now, if you excuse me, we have a long journey to make. You must greet your hunters and make sure their quest is... challenging. The man's laughter echoed in the darkness, shaking the ground until it seemed the whole cavern ceiling would collapse. I woke with a start. I was sure I'd heard loud banging. I looked around at the cabin. It was dark outside. The saltwater spring still gurgled. No other sounds but the hoot from an owl in the woods the distant surf of the beach. In the, moonlit, in the moonlight, on my nightstand, Annabeth's New York Yankees cap. I, start, I stared at it for a second, and then, bang, bang! Someone or something was pounding on my door. I grabbed a riptide rip and got out of bed. Hello? I called. Thump! Thump! I crept to the door. I uncapped the blade, flung open the door, and found myself face to face with a black pegasus. Whoa, boss! Its voice in my, spoke in my mind as it clopped away from the sword blade. I don't want to be horse kebab! Its black wings spread in alarm, and the wing buffeted, and the wind buffeted me, me back a step. Blackjack? I said, relieved but a little irritated. It's the middle of the night! Blackjack huffed. Ain't either, boss. It's five in the morning. What are you still sleeping for? How many times have I told you? Don't call me boss. What do you? Whatever you say, boss. You're the man. You're my number one. I rubbed the sleep out of my eyes and tried not to let the Pegasus read my thoughts. That's the problem with being Poseidon's son. He created horse out of, horses out of sea foam. I can, I can essentially understand equestrian animals, but they can, but they can understand me too. Sometimes, like in Blackjack's case, they kind of adopt me. See, Blackjack had been a captive on board Luke's ship last summer until we caused a little distraction that allowed him to escape. I'd really never had... I'd really had very little to do with it, seriously. But Jack, Jack, Blackjack credited me for saving him. Blackjack, I said, you're supposed to stay in the stables. Nah, the stables. Do you see Kyron in the stables? Well, no. Exactly. Listen, we got a, another little sea friend needs your help. Again? Yeah, I told the hippocampi I'd come get you. I groaned. Anytime I was near the beach, the hippocampi would ask me to help them with their problems. And they had a lot of problem. problems. Beached whales, poor poisters caught in fishnets, mermaids with hangnails. <laughs> they'd, call me, they'd call me to come underwater and help. All right, I said, I'm coming. You're the best, boss. And don't call me boss. Blackjack's whinnied softly. It might have been a laugh. 
I looked back at my comfortable bed. My bronze shield still hung on the wall, dented and unusable, and on my nightstand with Annabeth's New York Yankees cap. On an impulse, I stuck the cap in my pocket. I guess I had a feeling, even then, that I wasn't coming back, coming back to my cabin for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, I'm not actually sure how many of you have been listening for a long time, but um, do you guys remember in the second book, The Sea of Monsters, in like chapter 20 or something, when I said, remember this black horse from Luke's ship, and then they like took a ride on Chiron's and his brethren's backs all all the way back to Camp Half-Blood from like Maine. Yeah, this is the horse I was referring to. If comment on podbean.com on my podcast or download the app podbean and let me know you guys remember that or is anyone here and also we are getting so 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 close to um a thousand downloads so if anyone if everyone could just like hit the plus yeah let's go no wait wrong button sorry uh, hit, hit the download, yeah, let's go, let's go, yeah, 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 that, that's the best, yeah. Um, also, I apologize, I'm a little stuffed in my nose, how do you say it in English, actually? Uh, I'm a little snotty, you say that? That sounds weird. I'm a little snotty in my nose, because I'm a little bugger kid, so... Um, yeah. If I sounded weird, like I sounded, I was talking like this, then, um, yeah. You know why. And now I've been talking for too long. Bye, see ya. Hit the download.